This is Tegan Brostrom, a rising senior here at St. Francis, and today we have a very special edition podcast to celebrate and welcome St. Francis High School's newest president, Dr. Desmond. Welcome, Dr. Desmond. Thank you so much, Tegan. It's always good to see you. I met you um, when I was actually going through my interview process, so wasn't uh, sure how our paths would cross again, but they're they're crossing, and we'll get um, another um, bit of time together, not just today, but for the remaining time that you're here at St. Francis. Yes, very excited to have you here today and here at school with us. Uh, so could you tell us a bit about yourself, where you went to school and where you've worked before? Sure. Uh, I was born and raised in Los Angeles and attended an all-girl high school and I think I shared some of this um, when I first met you during my, my interview. And my high school was right across the street from UCLA. So re- really, from the time, not just from the time I started high school, but even in the years before that, uh, because I lived near uh, UCLA's campus and my high school's campus, uh, the university was always a place that I, that I spent time. My mom actually worked there as well. So it was no surprise that I ended up just walking across the street for college and going to UCLA. Uh, I spent four years there. I was an English major, and I minored in education. And it was during my time there at UCLA that uh, I discovered that I wanted to have a career in education. So once I left UCLA, there were a couple of graduate programs. UCLA had one, actually, that allowed me to get both a teaching credential and a master's degree at the Mm -hmm. same time. But Stanford University also had the same program. So because I had lived at home during college, I was really intrigued by the idea of, you know, even though it was a little delayed, having that experience of you know, living away from home and, you know, being in a, you know, residential graduate school housing setting. So I was really intrigued by that. And it didn't hurt that it was Stanford University's amazing campus. So (laughs) I decided, even though I got into the program at UCLA's grad school of education, I decided to head up and accept the offer of admission at Stanford. So I was uh, there in their, again, master's in teaching credential program, and that was all to prepare me to be a high school English teacher. And the one of the jobs I was interviewing for was here in the Sacramento region up at Rockland High School. And it was at a time that Rockland High School was just a school of freshmen and sophomores and juniors. So I joined Rockland High School very early on and was there, I think it was for their first graduating class. Wow. So it was, you know, brand new high school, beautiful facilities, um, you know, building great athletic teams. Uh, so that was my first job out of grad school was being an English teacher at Rockland High School. I absolutely loved it. But there was a part of me that really loved being a student. And that was what drew me back to enrolling in graduate school Mm -hmm. again. And I wasn't 
ready to, I wasn't at a point where I wanted to leave Sacramento. Uh, so I ended up enrolling in UC Davis's PhD program and spent quite a long time there. It took me seven <laughs> years, not because, you know, I was lazy. It was really that I not only wanted to take classes, but I found that I loved working on campus at UC Davis. So that gave me time to both work on my research for my dissertation, but also really nurture and develop my skill set working in areas that I call doing uh, student advising. Mm -hmm. Um, I did that for both the undergraduate campus, but also within the School of Medicine with uh, students who were on the kind of pre-med track. So. Um, I, I can go into that much more detail, but I'll stop there. But that is really the crux of my educational background, but also a little bit about how I first entered the field of, of education. I uh, worked m- most recently uh, at Jesuit High School. I was there for four years as an assistant principal, but really got my start in secondary school administration here at St. Francis. Uh, I was working for three years here as an assistant principal. And I know that all that I learned in those three years here were so instrumental in me getting hired by Jesuit. And little did I know ever that I would have the great blessing of coming back here um, to work again at a place that absolutely feels like home, Um, not just because I worked here, it's also uh, the place that I've entrusted to... um, educate my my daughters plural i have uh, my oldest daughter who graduated in the class of 2021 and then i have my incoming freshman um, who will be in the class of 2026 so it feels like home uh, in so many aspects of my life definitely my professional life but also as as a, as a mother you know this work we do of parenting is really hard and the world around us has made it harder and that has made me feel even more fortunate to be able to partner with St. Francis in helping me raise my, raise my girls. Yeah, that's awesome. And we're so excited to have you back here at St. Francis. Thank you, Tegan. Um, and, as, and you mentioned that you attended an all-girls um, school. So as someone who um, attended an all-girls school and is now working at an all-girls school, what are some of the values Um, that you think come from an all-girls education? I will preface what I share, Tegan, by really humbly admitting that I didn't know all the things I was getting from that all-girl experience until after I graduated. And it actually, I mean, honestly, Tegan, it wasn't even right after I graduated. Like, you know, I was off to, you know, excited to go to college and start working. So it really wasn't until my 30s that I, and it was through some, you know, very challenging circumstances um, that I was, that I dealt with um, in my mid-30s. It wasn't until it was that time that I had to dig deep and look at who I was, um, who I wanted to be in the world, uh, how I needed to reinvent myself at the time. It was through asking those questions and 
having to answer those questions really to myself, um, answering those questions with God, that I realized so much of who I was was who I became when I was a high school student at Marymount High School. So the things I needed to, let's say, reinvent myself all came from the confidence I built over the course of four years at an all-girl high school. So my ability to use my voice, that maybe I just didn't have a reason to use my voice for so long. I knew how to use my voice because I learned it and practiced it in high school. Uh, And getting to do that in a setting where all that you want to be is right in front of you because it's modeled for you often in the adults you're encountering uh, through the teachers I had in high school. The, I was got very involved in uh, student activities. I was junior class president and then became student body president of my high school. So it was in collaborating with also like-minded young women uh, who were leaders in many ways, sometimes those traditional ways. They were really involved in student activities but sometimes they were leaders in campus ministry. And other peers of mine who modeled leadership in the form of being just really good human beings in the world and being good friends. And, you know, we joke like sometimes they were leaders socially, like they were just really good connecting people and connectors and building community. So all the ways that leadership looked was modeled for me uh, in that all-female environment. I also learned in an all-girl high school, I should be so proud of who I am uh, and who God was calling me to be. And what it looked like for me was really different than what it looked like for my friend group. But that I learned that I could absolutely embrace uh, the gifts that God gave me. And my High school helped me find those gifts and celebrate those gifts. And again, that aspect of feeling really confident in uh, how how God made me. I definitely relate to that feeling of confidence and like getting all the support you need from your teachers and your peers and just feeling like comfortable in a place. So I've really seen that in my St. Francis experience in my all girls education so far as well. And, and, and Tegan, you're, you're also making me think about uh, these years when we are high school-aged, uh, especially for young women, you know, leaving the middle school setting and entering high school. It's, it's a rite of passage that is exciting, but it also hits us at a time where we can start doubting ourselves and we may be afraid to you know, have a wrong answer in a classroom and like not want to raise our hands and be engaged intellectually and interpersonally. And to have that comfort in an all-female setting perfectly coincided with a time developmentally that we can experience some self-doubt as as, as women. All those things um, aligned so beautifully for me. and it's, you know, kind of what I experienced for my own daughter here here at St. Francis. Yeah, and so now that you're back in that all-girls setting, 
Um, what brought you back to St. Francis? Well, I, I loved it. It's a, such a similar story to when I was originally working here. I loved my job here. Wasn't looking for a job anywhere else. And sometimes the Holy Spirit reaches into our lives and God reaches into our lives and uh, presents us with unexpected new opportunities. Um, so in a similar way that when I worked here, I wasn't looking for a job at Jesuit, um, an opportunity was presented. And that is really how I look at how I ended up here the second time around. Uh, I loved going to work every day at Jesuit. I got a call that uh, someone in our community uh, nominated me for uh, this opening that the school had for a school leader in the president's office. I uh, was It was an unexpected phone call I got from the, there was a national recruiting firm that St. Francis and the diocese worked with. So it really it, it, it caught me off guard. I was absolutely felt honored and flattered by even being thought of by someone in our community. And I really felt like, you know, in my ongoing connection to God and my relationship with God, I needed to sit with this possibility, um, and I, I learned really well from the Jesuit community you know, how important the discernment process is. So I made sure that one way to honor God uh, was to really explore that discernment process, and that is you know, how I ended up putting my application in and the process of handing it over to God um, and handing it over to uh, a, a team of people, including yourself, um, you know, who were tasked with doing both the research and the work of finding the school's next president. Well, we're glad you're here. Thank you. Um, and now that you are here, what are some St. Francis, what's a St. Francis tradition that you're most excited to experience again? Oh, there's so many things I loved when I was here. Uh, I... <laughs> Love everything about homecoming. Mm-hmm. I love the late nights. I love the all the energy and excitement that goes into it. Uh, I love the part about homecoming that is really uh, community building mm-hmm. and communal. And I love especially with our incoming freshman class, watching girls for two weeks come together who otherwise wouldn't have crossed paths. And, you know, they might meet because they're, you know, learning how to, you know, build, you know, yeah. their, uh, and I don't want to give away too much information from and take away from all that the freshmen are going to be learning about when they do that homecoming build, like actually like sitting on the ground and like painting and building, like you meet people and are working alongside people that you might not have met in class. So there's that excitement of watching our freshmen connect and watching their circles um, expand socially. I'm so excited about that. Um, and of course, you know, uh, I, I, I love during homecoming week, um, isn't it our sports rally? Yeah. Where we're in the gym and uh-huh. my all-time favorite thing is the silly marshmallow toss. Oh, yeah. I don't know if you still do the marshmallow toss, but like watching all the games in that rally for some reason, I was like captivated by the marshmallow toss. 
I think I know I was captivated by it, Tegan. It was watching in the week before the girls practicing. Like they were out there and it might be someone from a varsity level sport and they were treating the marshmallow toss like it was their varsity sport. So watching the love of, you know, their athletic endeavor or their love of the classroom it totally translates to homecoming, and it's like seeing their energy and dedication. I, I love watching that. So I'm a huge homecoming fan, and I don't wear earplugs because I love hearing yeah. the noise yeah. and, uh, you know, like literally like feeling the energy of it, mm-hmm. you know, because the bleachers are shaking. Yeah. So all of that, I love to live and breathe and experience it um, with our students. So I, I really think it's mostly homecoming week. I also love, um, although I know in my role as president, I don't have to attend the school dances, but you know, I love school dances. So uh, watching all of you, especially in, in this year of you know school being fully uh, energized and operational and all all of that, like watching all of you get to have, you know, traditional high school experiences. I can't wait to, you know, even if it means like I just like drop in and say hello at at one of your dances, I can't wait to watch all of you get to be high school students and get to do it at St. Francis High School that has this beautiful mix of traditions like homecoming but then you couple that with a really vibrant SBO, uh, very vibrant student activities program, and to already know some of the new activities they have planned. And I'm not going to give any of those things away because <laughs> I want them to have the honor of sharing that out. But the student programming that's in store for, for all of you, I'm so excited to watch all of that. Um, and I'm and this is probably the classroom teacher in me that will never go away. I'm really excited to reconnect with um, our our faculty Mm -hmm. and for really all of the educators of the world to finally have, you know, just a a lightness and a lightheartedness that starts off our school year. I can't wait to experience that with our teachers. And we have such a talented faculty, a talented staff here with so many gifts, and for us all as educators to be able to be reconnected with our gifts because we don't have an unexpected things, you know, like a pandemic um, hanging over us um, in the same way that it has. Uh, I can't wait to be a part of that community with our, with our faculty. Yeah, I, as well, I am as well very excited to just be back to hopefully normal and experience that homecoming week and all those different activities again. We didn't actually get to do the marshmallow toss last year because of COVID. So knock on wood that it comes back this year. Yes, yes. Um, and then speaking about this upcoming year, do you have some goals for the school year? I, I do. I have. I have a couple of things that you know. I have my eyes on um, and my heart on, uh, and my prayers on. Um, I'll start. I'll just share a couple of things. They kind of fall on different sides of campus. Uh, I want to be very intentional about celebrating all of the good work that happens on campus. 
I just mentioned our teachers, so celebrating the good work that they do, celebrating all of the fabulous things that our students are doing, um, things they do inside of the classroom, outside of the classroom, um, things that they do in the co-curricular arena, whether it's on the field, on a court, uh, in a pool with their robotics ROV, all of those things that our students do, I want to make sure that we are celebrating those things, uh, celebrating them internally, obviously, but also celebrating them with the greater community. How we tell our story is so important to me, um, and that really goes along with you know telling the story both of who our students now are celebrating the stories of our alums you know tegan you will go on to do things that you don't even know about you know these are things that god knows about but you know really big things in the world you know you were going to go on and take the service christian service that you did at saint francis and probably do that for the whole rest of your life to communities that you haven't met before that that is what our alums do. So how are we celebrating the stories of our alums out in the world? Um, Again, it's the storytelling. So telling our story uh, to our community, our greater community, uh, and really like on a national front, again, that's not something that I do. I just need to make sure I'm good about the storytelling. I'll use as a recent example uh, our robotics team that placed on a world stage at world championships the success our robotics team have they made the story they did the hard work for months in that pool with their rov and then taking it to the international stage it is my job to make sure that that is known on a national level so um, I don't take that work lightly. Like that definitely um, falls in my office. Um, thankfully, I have a very um, capable staff, um, so I'm not doing it alone. But again, it goes back to n- knowing and providing all of our students with opportunities so that they can be on a robotics team, that they can be on competitive athletic teams, um, so, yeah, those things all, all matter to me. So that, that storytelling piece. Um, you know, since we're talking about um, robotics and I've mentioned athletics, it is absolutely a priority of mine to continue the great work that has already started, that is already being supported um, financially, um, uh, structurally, facility-wise. It's um, already been... Uh, you know, the, the kickoff to that work has happened. So now it's, you know, how do we see that work to completion? Um, that is energizing to me personally. It's energizing to me professionally. And it does that piece of giving our students um, a facility that they deserve. I don't say that um, without acknowledging how appreciative I am that we have had in the interim uh, a facility that Jesuit has shared with us, but it is also so hard for me to know that our water polo players might have to wake up at a really uh, crazy early time of the morning 
to be able to get a, get to a practice that isn't even on their own campus, or that our swim team is going to school all day long at St. Francis, but then has to drive to another campus to borrow a pool, and they're maybe there till after 9 p.m. at night, and then they've got to go home and do homework. Uh, that's so hard for me to imagine continuing for our girls. I want our robotics team to be able to, as they build that ROV, that, again, had a world stage, I want them to, when their school day ends here at 3, to be able to walk 50 feet to a pool that is the St. Francis High School pool, and they can drop their ROV in the pool and start doing their work. We shouldn't have to pack up our equipment, pack up our students, and head to another facility. And, yes, it is hard, um, again, as much as I love and appreciate that we have had the benefit of being able to use the pool facility at Jesuit, for our girls to feel the ownership of a swimming pool, that's our pool. Uh, I want to make sure that I see that project to, to completion. And how to, again, how do I celebrate all the ways that our girls will use that pool complex, use the sand volleyball courts, take sand volleyball when they go off to the collegiate level. Uh, all of those things um, can happen when the facility is there. Um, how can I share all of this work um, with our benefactors who, yes, we are absolutely reliant on them um, to see this project um, to, to completion. You know, uh, I was just in talking to our class of 2026 girls who were on campus for Truby 101, and one of the promises I made to them, and I didn't feel like I was doing it prematurely, but I shared with them that one of the traditions at my high school is that on the last day of school, oh the gosh. seniors in their uniform all get to jump in the swimming pool. Oh I promised the class of 2026 that on their last day of school in May of 2026, that they were going to, we were all meeting at the pool, and I was going to do this. I wouldn't be wearing a uniform, but I'd be in my work attire. <laughs> um, and we would be jumping in to the St. Francis swimming pool at the aquatic complex. That's so exciting. So, you know, I have this way, uh, this way of um, uh, relating to God where uh, when we pray for things and we say them out loud, God and the Holy Spirit have this way of helping our wishes and dreams manifest. And that's what I did with the class of 2026 when I was with them in Truby 101 class. Uh, I'm, I'm not afraid to do that. That is what God wants us to do, Tegan. God wants us to bring all of our hopes and dreams to him. He will work out the how. You know, God doesn't want us, like, praying for, you know, in class, like, God, I want to have an A on that final. God expects us to also put in the hard work of studying. So I share that analogy, you know, of our prayers and praying for, like, I want an A, or God, please help me get a B in this class. I know that um, as I pray for these things um, for our students and our aquatic complex, 
God also expects me to do the work that's involved in that. God, um, you know, will call on our, you know, constituents and our benefactors to do that work. So I'm not blindly praying to God. I also accept the work that goes along with making that uh, a, a reality, that aquatic right. complex a reality. I love working hard. Um, work here at St. Francis is not work to me. It's uh, it's a blessing that God has blessed me with work. Often in meetings, I'll start when I start with prayer. One of the first things out of my mouth after gratitude is, God, thank you for work. Thank you for our jobs. So I don't I call it work because that's the name for it, mm-hmm. um, you know, here in, in our world. But it's it's a blessing. It's not just work. So I'm so excited uh, to do that work of that aquatic complex, to carry on the work that others started. I'm so excited to see that to fruition and completion. That's so exciting. And we're excited to have you here. Um, and that pool story reminded me these past three years um, – the senior class each year um, on the last day of class in their uniforms goes and jumps into the fountain. Um, So (laughs) it's exciting to hear that the class of 2026 will be jumping into a pool where they can actually jump. Um, And they won't get in trouble for it. Right. Because I think you're not supposed to go in the fountain. So um, this would be a really giant fountain in concept. And it would be, no one would get in trouble for doing it. Right. <laughs> and going back to you, um, you mentioned storytelling. I think, like, it's so important to a lot of people in the community, I feel like, think of St. Francis as kind of just another school. Unless they haven't, like, experienced a St. Francis homecoming or, like, been to St. Francis or experienced the campus community, I feel like St. Francis is just another school. So I definitely oh. think it's important to continue that um, storytelling and, just letting people know, letting other younger girls, eighth grade, seventh grade girls know that like this is such an amazing place and they have such a great opportunity and um, they'll have such an amazing experience. So, Tegan, you say it so eloquently <laughs> and you, you uh, identify the need so eloquently to let the broader community know that we are so much more than just a school. You, I will probably end up quoting you <laughs> in this first year on the job. Um, you said that. You said that so so beautifully. Well, thank you. And I have just a couple fun questions. Sure, I love fun questions. Um, so, can you describe your perfect Saturday? My perfect Saturday starts with not waking up to an alarm. Right. I know. I said I love going to work. I love going to work, <laughs> but I also love going to bed at night, knowing that there's. One day in the week, right. or one day every couple of weeks, when there's no alarm, and I'll tell you the why behind that. It's not from it's not like a laziness streak at all. Uh, I do some of my best prayers before I am totally awake. So when I wake up, I love that state of we're kind of raw in that the worries of the day haven't started the needs I have, the things on my to-do list haven't filtered into my brain yet. So I love using that time in the morning to pray. So I actually love being able to do that uh, on a Saturday morning. So when there's, again, not the alarm going off and, you know, I'm bounding out of bed, 
because um, I really do start the day with so much enthusiasm. Um, I love having that pause on a Saturday where I can uh, pray deeply. So I would say I'd start my day um, with prayer. Uh, I also I, I, I make my bed every day. Oh, my gosh. Um, and it doesn't matter. I might not have anyone um, visiting the house. It's not a pride thing. It's um, a self-concept thing. Again, talk about going to an all-girl high school. Um, you know, how I view myself matters so much. So if I can start my day and know I made my bed, I got something done. I accomplished something to start my day. So that's a small thing that really matters to me. So I'll make my bed. I admire that. I'm not able to do that. <laughs> Um, I mean, I could have a rotten day, but I'll come home at the end of the day and walk into my bedroom and look at Ben Ben. I'm like, oh, well, at least I made my bed. <laughs> Maybe the rest of my day unraveled, but I accomplished something at the start of my day. So I always kind of keep that habit up, even when it's a Saturday. Um, so I'll often, um, you know, get chores done, and they might include like the outdoor chores. Mm-hmm. Um, growing up, uh, I appreciate my dad for this. I would growing up on Saturdays, he would make us do yard work. Um, so my friends would often be, you know, you know, going you know, to Santa Monica Mall, and I would be raking leaves in the backyard, and then I'd have to go meet my friends later. Um, so that habit of you know caring for like my physical home, mm-hmm. the physical home, I try to knock some of that out too on a Saturday. Um, my perfect Saturday also involves me spending time with my kids on their terms. So it might mean, you know, driving my youngest daughter. She, she often will work Saturday morning. So it might be driving her to work. She works at a horse stable. So I've got to drive her to work. So enjoying that car ride with her because on the flip side, now I have my Truby graduate in college who's really now only home in the summer. So if she needs a ride to work, you know, I am going to live and embrace that time uh, driving her to work. So again, part of my perfect Saturday is if my kids have time they can spend with me, I'm going to take all of it. Um, I will admit that in the fall, my Saturdays and my perfect Saturdays will be consumed by a lot of, of college football. So if I can't go to the game in person, um, often those would be Stanford football games, um, you might find me uh, both you know, dropping into a Jesuit football game mm-hmm. to watch for a little bit. My son's a senior there, so kind of want to experience senior year with him. Uh, but I will often f- find a great place with friends to watch college football. And if I don't get to watch the games, because maybe I am working or, you know, going to one of your water polo (laughs) matches, uh, I have no problem just sitting down for an hour Saturday night and watching ESPN and getting all the highlights in. Um, And then if I really want to go back and watch a full game, I'll be able to find that and watch it. So um, that that's part of my Saturday, especially in the fall and then if it becomes winter, um, yeah, I love college basketball too. So um, 
I'll probably be watching a lot of college basketball, um, especially as March rolls around. Right. <laughs> and if Stanford and UCLA were to um, go against each other, which side would you be sitting on? Oh, Tegan, that's such a hard question. Um, <laughs> so it does depend on the sport. Um, and sometimes it depends on the players. Right. So right now, going into college football season, if UCLA and Stanford, well, when they play, I said if because I'm thinking ahead because there is going to be a time when, I hate to say this out loud, that you know UCLA is not going to be in the Pac-12 anymore. So I'll enjoy the next couple of years when UCLA does play Stanford. Uh, Football-wise, I will be cheering on Stanford. When basketball season starts, that's going to be a tough one because I am a huge Stanford basketball fan as well. Uh, We have a very talented Jesuit alum from our community who plays for Stanford. So that has definitely reconnected me to Stanford basketball. But gosh, I was at UCLA at the, the one of the the heyday of UCLA basketball. So uh, I am a Bruin basketball fan at heart. <laughs> um, and do you have a favorite Sacramento restaurant? A favorite Sacramento restaurant? I love food, Tegan. So there's so many places I love to eat. So I'd have to say I have multiples depending on... Uh, I love food from all over the world. Mm-hmm. So I have my favorites depending on right. what part of the world sounds good in the moment. Uh, so, you know, for when I am craving uh, food um, that has a Latin flair, I would say it's between, is it fine to say the names of the places? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I so. love <laughs> I love Zocalo. Oh, yeah. Um, so I probably, you know, you could probably find me on that moment if I'm craving, you know, excellent Mexican food. I would love to eat at Zocalo. Um, when I want Thai or Vietnamese food, it would be between lemongrass and Thai house. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, you know, if you ever uh, need to know my favorite places, they'll often be associated with like different parts of the, the world for, for, for dining. So it's not one favorite place, but I do love food. So I do find myself when a new restaurant opens, I do love to, to try it out. Me too. I'm usually, I'm a big like adventurer. So I love like different new restaurants and things. Um, but one last question, since you spoke um, about um, food from all over the world. Is there a place that you would love to travel to? Yes. I have two places I have not seen that I would love to see. Mm-hmm. I've, I've, never, I've never been to Vietnam, and I really want – I've been to Thailand multiple mm-hmm. times. I've never been to Vietnam, uh, and I won't go into it in detail, but for my dissertation study – one of the groups of students I worked so closely with, um, they were Southeast Asian students, many of whom were from Vietnam. So they, in sharing their stories, they were born in Vietnam um, and emigrated to the United States, not by choice. Um, they, uh, it was at a time that 
their safety was at risk, their family's safety was at risk. Um, so their stories that they shared with me r- really made me so fascinated with seeing their home country. So I would love to go to Vietnam one day. Uh, I would also love to go to Ireland. So my children, um, they're half Middle Eastern from my heritage, um, and the other half um, comes from Ireland. So, and you probably could detect that from my last name. Uh, so there's a part of me that I, I really want to see where my kids' heritage is from. So uh, I'd love to see Ireland one day. That's awesome. Ireland is definitely on my list as well. Um, well, thank you, Dr. Desmond. It has been amazing to get to talk to you and just amazing to hear about all your goals and what you're excited to um, do here at St. Francis. And it's so inspiring to have such a strong leader in our St. Francis community, especially an all-girls school, have a female leader that we can look up to and definitely embodies the four pillars of our school. So it's been an honor to get to talk to you today. And Thank you, Tegan. Excited for the school year. Uh, and I learned so much from you. And like I mentioned, things that I will absolutely use in my first year on the job. You were an amazing host. Thank you for making me feel welcomed and for just you know, setting me up with a beautiful set of questions. Thank you. Thank you.